This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. What's up, Managing Madrid Podcast listeners? This is Keon Sobani. Happy Monday. Hope you guys enjoyed the 6-0 win over Valladolid last night and the post-game podcast that went up after. And we had two podcasts released this morning, Las Blancas and Castilla Corner. We have another one coming tomorrow. We have another one coming later tonight. And then we have another one on Wednesday and Thursday. Just a note on the Wednesday podcast, that's going to be live on Zoom. So one hour after Classico, every single person who's a patron gets a link um, to the Zoom call, you click on the link, you join the call, you join the podcast with us live. There's a chat box, you chat with other says, and you do Q&A at the end with us. So to get access to that, patreon.com slash managingmadrid. Today's clip is a compilation from last week's mailbag. So once a week, Lucas Navarrete and I go through your questions that are submitted through Patreon, and we answer them. They're a ton of fun. So all of the um, clips that I put together today on this episode are from that. Enjoy it. And see you soon. Lucas, let's go through these questions. The first one is from Shea Hatiri. Shea has a couple, so we'll start with the first one. Um, hey, guys, let me begin with saying that Barcelona have forever proven that they are true to their motto, more than a club indeed. Also a mafia organization and involved with organ trafficking. I've got three questions. <laughs> Feel free to answer only one or two of you choosing if time is uh, tight. First, speaking of the enemy... If the Gavi thing unravels, would you sign him? I don't think it's a realistic scenario. If I'm being honest, I know what's, I know what Shay is is talking about with his uh, license to play in, uh, as a as a Barcelona first team player this season. It seems that his release clause will be zero yeah. next summer. But I'm sure he's a loyal Barcelona player who will not use this opportunity to create any kind of uh, controversy or controversial. Uh, move to any other big club or to increase his salary in a massive way. I'm sure that he'll stay loyal to to Barcelona and he will not take advantage of of this opportunity. But for for the sake of argument, yeah, I would, I would. I think he's a a brilliant midfielder. Obviously, he gets under everyone's skin. 
but uh, you know certain opposing players do that to you and and he's definitely one of them and he's definitely one of those players you love to have on your team and you know Casemiro also got into every single Barcelona fans skin and we loved uh, to have him on the on the squad same could be said about Pepe Gabi is one of those players controversial figures for opposing fans but you know if you're if he's playing for you 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 immediately i think fall in love with him so yeah i would what would you do with him he's where is he going to play i i don't i wouldn't i'm surprised that you take this stance i disagree i i mean i i just don't know where you'd put him this is like our most deep position He's not better than Kamavinga. He's not better than um, Fede. And not so sure about Fede. I'm pretty sure, but I also would rather just renew Ceballos. He's better than Ceballos, though. Mm, At I least for the so. maybe, 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 maybe not right now, but you know, if we kind of draw a projection on, on his potential and, and the growth he can have over the next few years, I think his ceiling will be higher than than Ceballos. Obviously, Real Madrid have a lot of depth in, in that spot. I just I just don't don't think relying on Kroos and Modric anymore. I, like, I don't count on, on, on them to even for, for next season. Relying on them would be so stupid for Real Madrid. And even if they if they stay, I think that, you know, it would be wise for Real Madrid to kind of assume that they will not be at their very best uh, next season. So those two spots are a bit shaky in my opinion. Uh I I actually I think Ceballos is a better player. We can talk about projections if you want. Um that changes the conversation, I suppose, but right now I I would rather play Ceballos, but I the thing with Gavi too is, as you said, I don't think the whole La Liga registration thing and the fact that he doesn't have a release clause, uh, I just think in the end he's just it won't matter because he he'll probably just stay. You know, it's still down to him. Yeah, but but I don't think Barcelona will compete salary wise with other clubs. So I. I if 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 the salary is enticing enough, maybe that's the reason why. But from a sporting perspective, I don't think any team can necessarily provide him with the amount of playing time he has right now. Like he fits, he fits there, and he's loyal, right? So I yeah, I'd be surprised if he left. Um, the second question is, Kian, you mentioned that Luka Modric is the best midfielder in history. Who are the top five Real Madrid midfielders in history? You have to rank them for their Real Madrid career. So forget about Figo at Barca and Zizou at Juve, etc. Oh, this is tough. Cross will be would be there for sure. I think he's. Uh, we've talked about this many times. I think that his legacy is very close to to Modric's own legacy. So Cross would be one of the five. Idan would still be one of the five. I think. Even though you know I'm not as excited as as most uh, Real Madrid fans about you know his overall and his entire career in Real Madrid, I think he still makes the cut. Depends on how you rank this Stefano. He, I, I don't think he he was a midfielder. So I don't yeah, know. I, I put him as an attacking think. midfielder. I don't think he he. 
even though he can play any position, basically, I think I don't think he qualifies here. I think I think you right. put him. His best position was kind of just behind the striker. Right, same. List your own five and and go ahead because I'm. Um, I didn't have time to think for uh, about this, so I'll be interested to uh, to hear your own five while I think about them. Yeah. Um. So my five, I think I have right now. If I'm not missing anyone, uh, is Modric, Zidane, Cruz, Piri. And I have Redondo. Those are my five. Tough for me to put Redondo, though. No, only two or three seasons. His quality was great, but I think I still put Casemiro ahead of him, if I'm being honest. Casemiro has won more trophies, but... Stayed I more think... years also, not only the trophies. But I think from... But but Redondo, I think, was just a better player. Um, yeah. And I... And, you know, probably up until maybe the 21st century was probably the greatest defensive midfielder in football history. Like, there's definitely a case for him. Um, and, like, it's not his Real Madrid mid, uh, career was short, bro. Like, he had uh, five years there. No, six years. And the yeah. only reason it wasn't longer was because he was pushed out because he was, was it was something like he, he was dating uh, Sanchez. Yeah, something like that. Something, and then Florentino came in. He's not a, he wasn't a Florentino guy because he actually wanted Sanz to stay. And obviously Florentino yeah. just booted him out. There was like protests in the streets, you remember? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He would have stayed longer if not for that. Um, but I, I don't think he has a, a longevity problem necessarily, to be honest with you. I think Casemiro still can make the cut over over Piri even. It's debatable. It's debatable. Like Cross and Modric would be the the top two in my opinion for sure. And then, other than that, it's debatable. It's not like it's not like Real Madrid history has had uh, many, many, many elite or legendary midfielders apart from from Cross and Modric in my opinion. So it's debatable. I I, I probably put Casemiro in the in my top five. There's a lot, but um, but the the elite elite creme de la creme, I think, is 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 a uh, is a little bit more of a short list. Um, yeah. Piri won ten La Liga titles, man. He was yeah. and he was amazing. Like yeah. So I, I yeah I have him in my top five. Um, there are a lot of midfielders I really like, but I just wish they had a longer career. Like like someone like Michael Laudrup, who for like yeah fair. literally one year was unplayable possibly the best midfielder in the world and then he just didn't have the the long career but yeah that's my top five anyway yeah uh okay where are we third question from shay right uh third who's the second worst signing in real madrid history we all know who the worst is i would probably put kaka or jovic Jovic probably. I go with Jovic. I go with Jovic, yeah. I go with Jovic ahead of Kaka, yeah. Yeah, I think it has to be Jovic. I Yeah. Kaka like at least did some stuff. Like, you know. For uh, two months or something like that, yeah. There was like there was like a one month stretch, maybe less. Yeah, I know, I know. Where like he was better than Ronaldo in that first month. Yeah, I know. Uh I think the the first time I really realized like holy shit this guy is not the same anymore was we actually played against Milan his former team I think it was at the Bernabeu and it looked like he was playing for them he was that bad and I was like wow this guy is just not the same as he was even even at the end of Milan he wasn't the same um, Jovic is worse though 
I don't think Ozil was uh, suited or was uh, prepared to take on that kind of role because of Di Maria's incredible work rate. Whereas, you know, we know that that wasn't one of uh, Ozil's main uh, strengths as a player. So uh, I don't think the dominoes fall in the in the right place if you in this narrative. I I think Real Madrid lose uh, or maybe not even make uh, that Champions League final. And if that happens, you never know. You know how the the other chips. Uh, Fall in the uh, in the board. There, are, I don't know if Real Madrid would have uh, would have the same number of uh, of Champions League trophies had uh, Di Maria left and Othil stayed in the club. I think it was the the right move to go to to keep uh, Di Maria instead of Othil at the time. I think Othil was pro- was definitely more uh, aesthetically pleasing. Than, than Di Maria, but I think that Di Maria has had a, a definitely a better career than than Othil. Maybe his peak wasn't as brilliant and, and as entertaining as Othil, but right now that, that right now that and now that the dust the dust has settled, I think that it's quite clear to me that Di Maria has definitely been a better player than Othil. Not only for Real Madrid, but also a better player. Period. Kind of painful when you put it that way. Partly because I remember like when we signed Ozil and we saw him play for a couple of years, a lot of us thought that he was going to be like at the club for 10 years, like a legend. The a way Ballon played, d'Or front page yeah. in, in Marca, yeah? Yeah, like everyone thought he was like the next Zidane, basically. And I remember like so much of the Spanish media, which is ironic because at the end, the Spanish media just made up shit about him. Like he was greedy. He was lazy. Like he was all these fabricated stories pushing him out. Um but I really thought, and in those those three years, he was so good. And I really thought that this guy is going to be like, I just love the way he played, the way he glid on the field, like the elegance, everything, and, and his playmaking ability. He was such a special player. I thought he was going to be here for a decade. So I, the fact that it ended in 2013, I think it was, and not like 2020, mm-hmm. which is what I had expected back in the day, um, kind of, it pains me not to reflect on it. And, uh, but yeah, I don't think we win the Champions League without if we if we had kept Ozil instead of Di Maria. Because if you remember, Di Maria did so much defensive work that year that Ozil couldn't. Unreal. Do. Yeah, like he was. That was the reinvention of Di Maria. I do think like it would have been interesting. Like Ozil, if he had stayed, I think one of his main competitors would have been Isco. Um, mm-hmm. Or you wouldn't sign James, like later, because like then because you could put Ozil just in that midfield of remember when he, when Ancelotti did Cruz, Modric, Isco, and James. Yeah, yeah. Ozil could just take one of the Isco yeah. or James spots, and that would work. But yeah, and that that immediate year we won the Champions League. Di Maria Wade did was in unbelievably important in that season. Unbelievable. Also against Bayern, I don't I don't even think you make the final. If I'm being honest, I just talked about Real Madrid not winning the final. I don't even think you win the final without the. Well, not without Di Maria, but replacing Di Maria with with Othil in that squad. I just I don't think you make the final. We like so much of also this... Dortmund. Yeah, also Dortmund. Yeah. So many important games from Di Maria in that round, man. It's just, he was so crucial in that year for me to believe that Real Madrid would just not reach the Champions League final for sure. Um, I, this. Real Madrid era is so defined by Casemiro, Cruz, Modric that I feel like because of that, the Chabi Alonso, Di Maria, Modric midfield is a little bit overlooked and underrated. 
that was an amazing midfield. It's yeah. just the way it worked on the balance on both ends of the field. All those players could pass, all those players could attack, all those players could defend. And it was I thought, don't you think it's a little bit underrated? Like when we talk about Real Madrid's midfield, the great midfields, you know, we only talk about Casemiro, Cruz, Modric. We don't talk about that one much. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And on one side, I think that it's also, as you mentioned, it's unfair because I think that that's also the first year where Modric established himself as a starter for Real Madrid as a central midfielder. You know, this was the first chance for him to to prove that he was much more than just an attacking midfielder. He was a complete midfielder, a complete all-around midfielder for Real Madrid when, you know, he was... There were at least doubts and questions about his ability to play as a as a complete midfielder. So, uh, yeah, that midfield that midfield line was so important for, for Real Madrid that year. Remember that, you know, it also won the, the Copa del Rey against Barcelona. Di Maria also a huge game in that in, in the final against Barca. It's just impossible for me to believe that you know Real Madrid would have survived and complete uh, that kind of run without Di Maria on the team. Di Maria is a, look not only for his tenure in Madrid but also for what he's done with Argentina and also with other teams. I think Di Maria's career has been underrated like a lot. I get that he's a hard worker sometimes those players get overlooked, but I think he offers much more than that. I'm I'm a huge Di Maria fan. In fact, I, I, I always was a bigger Di Maria fan than, than Othil fan. I remember that year I bought Di Maria's shirt uh, and not Othil when everyone was so excited about Othil and, and all that. I, I always uh, favored uh, the Di Maria in this comparison. So I think his, his career and his legacy in, in Madrid, but also in, in football, has been a bit uh, underrated over the over the last few years. I also think Messi owes him uh, a lot uh, for for Argentina's uh, recent success in the Copa America and also in the in the World Cup. I think uh, he's the been Copa crucial. America, the, he, Di Maria it's Di Maria's own Copa America. Yeah, yeah absolutely. That, I mean, the final specifically. I think Messi was good up and up until the final, and the final he just disappeared, and Di Maria, uh, yeah, put the team on his back. But I, the Di Maria point, I think is completely important that you brought up i think he he is maybe underrated and it's partly though lucas i think because it kind of it's bizarrely the the way it ended was very bizarre and also he's just kind of always taking shots at us after he left and it didn't feel like um Mm -hmm. this guy who like i think because of that his legacy is a little bit i don't know tarnished would you say Mm -hmm. it's not like because in the in the moment I'll tell you, just to remind everyone how good he was, you know, history can rewrite how we felt in the moment sometimes. Uh, back then, I was not a journalist or anything, and I don't even think we had... Yeah, I think we may have had Twitter. 2000, I yeah, did. We did. 2000, Twitter was like 2007, <laughs> I think. Yeah, we had Twitter. Uh, <laughs> but I wasn't on Twitter at that time, I don't think. Um, anyway, I was on... But I was on message boards. And I remember there was like huge deb- debates. Like, if is Di Maria the third best player in the world? After Bale, uh, Messi and Cristiano, Ronaldo, yeah, yeah, at, but there was a case like he was a top five player at that time because mm-hmm. he was so good. And I, I think like if I had to build my perfect winger, like just to have in the team, I think he he fits it. Absolutely, man. He relentless he, motor, creativity, yeah. shot from distance, stop, doesn't stop working. 
He tracks defensively. He has synergy with his teammates. He doesn't, he, his whole goal is to make everyone around him better. He's a line breaker. He's a shooter. He's a menace to deal with as a dribbler. He's like perfect as a prototype. Everything you want in a winger, he had it. Jacob Bigham says, Hey guys, my question regarding is regarding our left wing position. How much better is Vinicius than Rodrigo? I understand Vinny has been one of our most important players the last couple of years, but once he got his starting spot, Rodrigo never again got a chance to establish himself there. In my opinion, I still think Vinicius is the better player, but it hurts me to see what I believe to be a potential world-class player sitting on the bench. And I think they're much closer than what the general football fan might think. I think they're close in most uh, areas, in most uh, aspects, but the one and and, and decisive uh, skill where Vinicius clearly uh, has the edge over Rodrigo for me would be the the, the his ability to create chances and, and just break lines constantly. Uh, during the course of the game. I think that's something Real Madrid have relied uh, a lot upon over the last few months. Maybe maybe to a fault uh, here because I think, you know, Real Madrid have over-relied on, on Benitez's ability to, to dribble and, and create chances for his teammates so much that there doesn't seem to be any kind of plan B for the offense when whenever Benitez can, can't get it done. But uh, I think this is the one and... and Maybe even only aspect of the of the game where Vinicius clearly has the edge over Rodrigo. Vinicius just doesn't stop trying to create opportunities for for his teammates. His ability to dribble is brilliant. His ability to get past defenders is is brilliant. And while Rodrigo could maybe potentially be a better scorer, I think in terms of his instinct to to get to scoring positions. Vinicius has improved his uh, his finishing a, a lot over the last few months and all that, but I think Rodrigo's instinct to score and get to scoring positions is might be a little bit better than and a little bit more pure attacker than than Vinicius in this regard. But again, I think that the fact that Vinicius is so uh, great creating chances for his teammates and creating opportunities and breaking lines puts him ahead of of Rodrigo in this regard because Real Madrid need a, a chance creator. Mm, I I think Rodrigo is probably better at that thing than you give him credit for. It, but maybe I I maybe have a controversial take about this. I I think Vinicius is the better player in part because we've seen more of him and he was a little bit luckier. Mm-hmm that his timeline was first Mm -hmm. because he was already with us when Hazard was injured and flopped. And he was, no, he was with us a year before that. Exactly. Um, So he, he, we already got to see him and he was ahead of the timeline a little bit. I think there's a parallel universe that if Rodrigo was first, we may have seen Rodrigo be the starter by now and Vinicius the one fighting. And that's just kind of how unfair the football world can be at times. Yeah. Um, I think Vinicius is the better player. I think he has a higher ceiling also. That's something I said a few years ago, and I still believe it. But I actually think they're quite close. And I think it's I think Rodrigo and Vinicius 
can be are pretty much neck and neck in terms of their talent and what they can do on the field. I would also say Rodrigo is probably a better passer, and yeah, um, definitely, and and can do a little bit more and a little bit more versatile. And I either way, I think they both should be on the field at this point. But I think I think they're I think it's close. And Vinicius was a little bit lucky, and that time was on his side. 